Listener Production. Where the sneaky cinnamon scroll you just have to have. Even though you already ate a big breakfast with extra hash browns and three coffees. You'll eat until you explode. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Yes, here it is, the podcast with myself, Alex Dyson, and the most toxic person in the Australian radio industry, Mr. Matt O'Kine. Hello, Matt. Oh, mate, it's a miracle that I uh, still uh, still get to work every single day, especially with the likes of, obviously, the, uh, the saint of radio <laughs> when you're not showing the side of you that does love to rant. Um, this is obviously a little joke, mind you. Well, I hope it yes, is, Alex sorry, Dyson, that, that you're playing on, <laughs> on our listeners. No, I no, mean, I'm not. I'm not perfect, but I don't know if I'm the most toxic. <laughs> no, I'm sure there's a few uh, radioactive beasts floating around this industry, but um, no. Amy Schumer put on her Instagram. I think she liked the movie Cruella, starring Emma Stone as Cruella Deville. But um, yeah, put. I think because she's so nice in real life, Emma Stone made a joke. Ah, the most toxic person, Emma Stone. That everyone's like, oh my god, she's calling Emma Stone toxic. What's she done, or how dare she? And so there's there's your little Instagram story controversy for uh, for one day, Matt O'Kine. Yeah, that's it. Be careful what you joke about. Uh, people going, not easy to read sarcasm. On a, in a tweet or a story. Yeah, it's like that time I think I told you when I was hosting the uh, Collingwood AFLW Best and Fairest and I welcomed uh, the person who was going to be awarding the leading goal kicker who happened to be Lyndon Dunn, a defender for Collingwood. I'm like, oh, I thought to myself before I got up there, oh, that's quite funny. They got a defender um, <laughs> awarding the uh, the highest goal kicker. I'll make a joke of this as I introduce him. I get up and go, and there's no better person to uh, present this than Lyndon Dunn. Welcome to the stage. And uh, he gets up and goes, um, oh, yeah, Alex, um, I don't know about that because I'm actually a defender. and so, But I'm standing <laughs> at the back by this stage and so... <laughs> I can't like, walk up uh, and push him aside and go, yeah, I know that. That was the point of the joke. I have to sit there and look like an ignorant fool. Someone no didn't do his research, eh? <laughs> exactly. I, I knew it too well, though. And Anyway, absolute disaster. But yeah, let's hope there's not too much uh, subtle sarcasm through today's show as we dip through, although it's always a, uh, a danger when you're chatting to Becky Lucas. Absolutely. Someone, I mean, speaking of kicking goals, Becky Lucas has just been smashing it out of the ballpark with everything that she touches. I think they have mixed sporting metaphors there, though, Matt. <laughs> Unless you're being sarcastic. Are you deliberately mixing those sporting oh, analogies? Oh, gee, don't you get my, my <laughs> meta humour? Um, her book, Acknowledgements, is out now. Uh, so we're very excited to be chatting to Becky Lucas about stories of friends, enemies, and figuring things out. That's it. It's all day breakfast. Let's get stuck in. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Alex Dyson, I noticed the most disgusting thing on the weekend. And look, I should probably preface Uh-oh. this with a squirmy warning. <laughs> oh, no. I know. I we really know mean it. serious when the squirmy warning comes out. It really shocked me. Okay, so I noticed for the first time how much hair is in shopping trolley wheels it is revolting like next i I promise you go to the shopping center next time you go to the shops just look at not just one shopping trolley wheel all of them they all have their own little goatees like it's absolutely (laughs) revolting right yeah when you pick up when you pick up after you've been vacuuming for a while at least at least at my house you 
the, you pull out a bunch of hair at the front, like it gathers around. Oh, it's so the there's tube, so much but it's hair. All of that in the wheels, but I they're mean, the people who live in your house, so it's a bit better exactly. at the shops. It is any old grub who's been <laughs> wandering the aisles. Well, it just see it just always stuck there. But I mean, and I'm no better. Like I mean, you should see the the, the bathroom sink after I've had a shower, especially after I've washed my hair. Whoo it has got quite the curls, uh, the old drain. But I only bring it up because I was chatting to uh, someone just last week. Um, Sophia has just hit the age where she is like starting to become obsessed with things, um, mm. and and she's absolutely obsessed with Bluey. Oh, okay. And I was going to say K-pop, but probably not that age yet. <laughs> she hasn't listened to any K-pop yet. Emma because, from the Wiggles, she I was mean, obsessed for a while. K-pop is great, but I tell you what, few people get pretty obsessed. <laughs> oh, yeah. But also, like, yeah, so you start noticing how much of certain things are around the place, you know, to entice people in. So Bluey, you know, we had to buy her some Bluey pants recently because she just loves Bluey. Um, it was on the and shopping she's screen. she's seen the pants walking past and she's like, I need them. Well, you go, we life. need to buy some pants. What are you going to buy? And then she sees like, I want the bluey ones. There's no way uh, that yeah. she's not going to get not get the bluey ones. Um, how, how deep is the bluey branding going now? Because these things can get extremely random. Well, I was, like I was thinking about it. Like a bluey desk lamp or something. <laughs> like a... Dude, well, okay, this is a complete side note, all right? The reason why I brought it up is a completely different story. It's because I was talking to a friend who, uh, when I did that sort of, I talked to some young kids about my book and they were um, and they were sort of bringing up Bluey, right? They're, they're about 12, but obviously they know Bluey and, and I kind of was like, oh, you know Bluey's dad. You know who that is, right? And they were like, no. And I was like, Dave McCormack from Custard. And they were like... That literally means nothing to us. And they started singing girls like that to you. And, <laughs> and I was like, as they said, I love Hottest 100 Volume 6. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, that too. I'm even mentioning the custard in the book, I'm pretty sure, that, I, that I've written. And that's Bluey's dad, but they, they, they don't make any connection, right? Um, and so, and then the lady who was running the workshop goes, oh, funny story. This is what I was talking about here before. She's like, one day I was walking through the valley one night in Brisbane. I'm walking along. It's really busy. I get sort of bumped about in a bit of a crowd and try to walk through. And I walk past Dave McCormack from Custard and he's zipping up his jumper. And at the exact same time, her hair gets caught in his jumper as he pulls it up. And she's like, ah! <laughs> he's like, what the hell's going on? And she's her ponytail is just stuck in his jumper and they're like tangled up in the middle of this, in this scene in Brisbane. Um, so Dave you know, she zipped she, a she, random woman's <laughs> hair into his, into his jumper. I know, right? Oh like God. the odds of that even being possible are wild, right? Um, so it didn't bring up the wh- wh- where where's your hair got stuck. Um, but the, because <laughs> your we were talking, got stuck. Yeah, right. Shopping trolley wheels <laughs> and Dave McCormack's zipper, <laughs> jumper zipper, jumper there zipper. Could, there could be somewhere else. You never know. Um, but it did make me think because, because yeah, you asked about Bluey and I was obsessed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Absolutely mm. obsessed. I had the socks, had the underpants, collected the coins from the newspaper, had the little, the, the Ninja Turtle mobile, had Krang's lair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that had the eyeball. I laugh because that, I don't even know what that is. The but eyeball it that was on top lame. of the lair and like you press a button and it rolls down a little ramp and like topples over all of the... <laughs> 
all of the people. Yeah. Um, I used to know sing sing the songs in the shower. I had I had all of their sort of fake weapons. Well, Abs- which turtle were you? Because everyone had a favorite turtle. I loved Michelangelo. He was the party dude. Followed by Donatello. Then I guess what Raphael. Colors, though? I don't know. I don't know which color represents orange. Which name. Michelangelo party dude. Donatello, um, inventive purple one. Then Raphael, the sort of snide, snarky, angry one. And then my least favorite was blue. Leonardo, the responsible one. <laughs> what a loser! Just let let Michelangelo party for Pete's sake. Um. <laughs> Watch the videos on, not, on, like, would not stop watching the videos. Absolutely obsessed. Went to it went to Los Angeles when I was five years old with my mum and my sister, and just bought every everything I could touch was Ninja Turtles, so toothbrushes, that was your, um, everything. That was your poison. You just couldn't get enough. What about you? What did you? What were you obsessed? Because I don't know much about little Alex Dyson. I know a lot about you know high school Alex Dyson. What about little kid Alex uh. Dyson? He was a um, oh, he was an enigma, little Alex Dyson. Um, I I never got into something at a crazy amount. What you know? Yeah, it's, this yeah. is very disappointing, Alex. What you were not obsessed with anything growing up? I remember playing Ninja Turtles once time. I remember I had like I'm thinking of I'm thinking of young kids stuff. I remember I had a, a Mighty Max or two. You were you open up the um. It, I guess the male Polly Pocket, you open it up and then you, the little Mighty Max runs around this lair of a gorilla or something like that. I had one. Remember the show Street Sharks? Watch that. There was biker there was, mice. I mean, what the hell? Get, get an animal and make them do an extreme sport. <laughs> that was 90s children's Dude, entertainment. I was watching, I, I, we brought up the theme song for Samurai, Pe- Samurai Pizza Cats yesterday. <laughs> I was Perfect literally watching example. it and I was like, wait a minute. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Samurai Pizza Cats. This is the same thing. <laughs> They're exactly we, the same thing. Do you think we should start our own? Biker Mice from Mars. It's a, it's yeah. a subgroup. It's a subgroup and animal. <laughs> and they live somewhere, all right? So that's it. So it's like... <gasps> do you know what this reminds me of? What? We've been looking for an Okine Dyson system for a while. <laughs> we could no, we could not. get an online random <laughs> children's TV show generator. <laughs> Where you pick an animal, it picks a random place that they're from, and it gives them an extreme sport that they could do. Um, tune in for another episode of Marvelous Ballet Bananas. Bungee parrots from Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Bron, what did you get into growing up? I liked a lot of different crap now. Um, I guess if you go by, like, my birthday cakes, when I was three I had a Dalmatian cake because I liked 101 Dalmatians. Who yeah. made the cake? My mum. Oh, gosh. Then when I was eight I really liked the Powerpuff Girls, so I had a Bubbles cake. <laughs> So like just a lot of TV Whatever shows. Whatever the cake. And your mum yeah. made that as well? Yeah, she loved making the cakes. Did your mum make a cake every year? Like up until a point. I think maybe when we were 10 it was like enough of that. Oh, wow. We got to was pick it- what cake we wanted, mostly out of that Women's Weekly cookbook. There's literally oh, a Bluey yeah. episode exactly like that. The duck cake. 
With the popcorn, oh, with the popcorn hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the chip. The chip the lips. Chip yeah. <laughs> it's that in the, the movie episode. <laughs> and we come full circle. All right, well, let us know your poison. Um, what were you obsessed with? And let us know what should the next thing be? Because I think if we if we come up with the best um the best extreme animals TV show, Matt, we could we could get Marshy to put together a trailer and we could pitch it to, you know, to a the, TV channel. The, what about um what about the the angry podcasting iguanas? <laughs> oh yeah, when we get angry, we podcast. <laughs> is that what a, is that what sound an iguana makes? <laughs> Scooter's Geese of the Amazon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Scooter Geese of the Amazon. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> I think it's a formula. You're right. It is a formula to get these things, Matt. And then get into selling pants, jocks, lunch boxes. You know, it's a it's a money Scooter spinner. Geese of the Amazon. <laughs> coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. Oh, I feel a buzz. Juicy goss from me? Do you know what's going on here? We know what's going on. You won't believe it. Real juicy. So let's just keep it on the down low, shall we? Matt and Alex's Insiders. Insiders. Yes, it is a very interesting Insiders this week. One that we don't know much about because neither of us have... Well, have you been to jail? I know that... No. No, I've been arrested a couple of times. Put your arm I've not behind, been to jail. Behind your back one time, but not actually been to jail. I was going to say. I have not been. I've been, I've been a lock up a couple of times. No jail. Okay. So this is interesting. This is the segment where we look at your jobs and uh, get some people to jump on and tell us the inside goss from uh, their profession. And this week, our insider is a parole officer. Yes, it is a very um, good welcome to Anonymous. Uh, our parole officer giving us the goss on what happens after you leave jail. Um, how are you, Anonymous? Hi, fellas. How are you going? Pretty good, Anonymous. Thank you so much for chatting to us. Um, I think first things first, what is a parole officer? Um, so a parole officer is someone that works with someone under a court uh, community supervision order. So whether they've come out of jail and then they're having time on parole or whether they're coming straight from court to community supervision. I mainly know parole officers from TVs and movies. Yes. Um, and so do you, as a parole officer, do you interact with the people who are on parole and do you talk to them? You meet face-to-face. Do you have coffee with them? Is it at the police station? Is it the office? What What do you do when you're, uh, um, you're so con- contacting people, your parolee? Um, people seem to think that we go out and have coffee and sort of meet them out in public you know, shopping centres and have a chat. Um, but instead, we actually have a parole office, which is separate to the police, um, and they will come in and we sit directly across from each other um, at a, a, in a meeting room and we'll interact with them face-to-face. Is there like a secret entrance to this parole office? Because I can imagine a lot of people wouldn't want to know that they're people to know that they're on parole. Uh, they are, but they're usually in very public places, um, but just tucked away. So we need to make sure that people have access to you know public transport and that kind of thing. So if um, you have a look around shopping centres and, um, you know, your local sort of hubs, uh, there tends to be a very small sign and a, a side door um, that usually that's where we're located. 
Wait, really? In like shopping centres, you go and try and find the toilet, you could walk into a parole office. Sometimes, yeah. That's so, I've never seen, <laughs> I, look, I've spent a lot of time in shopping centres, all right? I have been an unemployed <laughs> actor for many, many years <laughs> and I have wandered every hall of my locals, trust me. Never seen a uh, parole office, so that's, that's pretty interesting. It must be well hidden, but... um. But and then when people go in, what do you sort of talk about? Are you sort of like, is it like the movies where you sit them down and go, "So staying out of trouble," you know, or is it what, what happens? <laughs> um, it's well, it's brutally honest in that there's no sort of tiptoeing around awkward topics and that kind of thing with people. You've got to be delicate in how you approach it, but nothing's off limits. So, like what? Uh, relationships around their drug and alcohol use, around their family dynamics, and that kind of thing. So, you become pretty skillful at it, um, but you know, in being tactful at it. But yeah, you no no topic can't really be discussed. So, mm. when someone's on parole, I know that they they have to stay in around a certain area. But what else can a court order someone to do as part of their parole? Is it like not drink alcohol? Is it not go to the casino? What What's the sort of things that you have to check that people are, are, are doing? Um, it really depends person to person, but the pretty common ones um, are, you know, that they can't travel interstate without permission. Um, a lot of the time they can't change addresses, you can't change your name. Um, and usually if there's any drug or alcohol um, related to their offending, it's, yeah, they can't go into a licensed premises, they can't go to a casino, that kind of thing. Or there may be um, particular suburbs or, or addresses that they're not allowed to attend. I've heard there's, is there curfews as well? Yeah, curfews is another one. Um, that's usually sort of yeah, 8pm to 6am. Um, and, and sometimes even not travelling or, uh, you know, in a car with, with certain people and that kind of thing. So it really depends on the person. Um, but you, you do start to see um, a lot of uh, restrictions around, uh, you know, shops and um, uh, all kinds of things mixed in there, depending on what their offending was. So this person would sit across the desk from you and you have to ask them these questions. What percentage of people, in your opinion, would tell you the truth? <laughs> Uh, you get pretty good at reading people, definitely. There's a lot of impression management. You've got to remember that 90% of people that come through the door, uh, you know, will tell you that they're innocent and have never done anything before in their life. So you get pretty good at kind of working your way through some of that. The other part is obviously everything they tell us, we then go and verify and do our collateral checks as well. So you do pick up on a, a lot of uh, lies or mistruths that they try and try and sell you. Mm -hmm. Do people ever bribe you? <laughs> um, you do get um, a lot of people making promises of, you know, if you look the other way this time, I swear I'll, I'll follow the rules next time kind of thing <laughs> and, and do try and try and sell you. There's always a really good excuse. Everyone's car apparently has broken down and they were just five minutes away when someone came to check on their curfew. They were there five minutes later. If you had to come back, they would have been there, that kind of thing. <laughs> come around tonight, I promise I'll be there tonight, that kind of stuff. Right, oh, basically, wow. yeah, okay. They sound like and my friends, really. <laughs> oh, sorry, couldn't hang out. You know, I was, I was five minutes late, yeah, no. Yeah. Do you ever get people trying to you know, sneak past a drug test. Uh, we do. You would be amazed the creative lengths that people will go to to avoid <laughs> a drug test. Um, so I've had a couple of memorable ones over the years where 
we had this guy turn up that was in women's clothing and had makeup on and um, presented himself for a drug test, not realising that his female friend that he was trying to do a drug test for, that we had not only a photo of her, but also we have biometric fingerprinting um, that needs to be completed before we do the drug test. So, yeah, he had come in dressed as his female friend to try and do a drug test for her. Um, And the other one that we see is that um, people will actually purchase uh, a fake penis online. And, yeah, um, right? Yeah, I did I did an episode theme. about this on uh, in my show, The Other Guy, and people are like, that doesn't happen. It happens, right? I promise you it does happen, um, but it's always very obvious. Um, yeah. Because well, it's probably 12 inches long. And, yeah. <laughs> and usually it's um, not a skin tone that is anything like the, the rest of their body. And, so you um, need to observe the um, the urination. We do, yeah. So we do try and provide as much privacy as possible, but still making sure that you know the the, the urine is coming from that individual. So and it's yeah, not purple is... and vibrating. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that can. I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's not my favourite part of the job. But every now and then, when you see you know a ridiculous fake penis coming out of someone's pants, it it, it makes up for the rest of it. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, Anonymous, how do you inform them that you know? <laughs> what words do you use? I'll usually just ask straight out. I'll just say, you know, do you have a fake penis that you're using? <laughs> um, and they'll, they'll deny it and you'll say, I, I'm, you know, I'm going to have to check. Um, so you can either hand it over now or I can, you know, take further action kind of thing. And, and usually they're quite sheepishly. We'll hand it over. And then oh, they'll hand wow. over like a, a pouch of, of urine as well that they've yeah. got strapped to them. Yeah. So usually it's in a little bottle that they'll have strapped to their thigh. And then there's a cord, um, a tube that will connect from that bottle into a pump and then into yeah the fake <gasps> device. Wow, they've got Where's the, the whole rig, hey? Exactly. Yeah. You just hope you don't get into those situations on like movies where they go, this man's an imposter. Here, I'll pull off his wig. They start pulling the hair <laughs> and the hair's not coming off. <laughs> you just don't want to have that happening anonymous. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. He's like, I've just got a swimsuit tan. Come on! I mean, it's not. <laughs> of course, it's a different color. Um, is there ever any relationships that you you've heard of between officers and parolees? Oh man! Uh, not that I've ever heard. <laughs> it's of. insiders, Alex. I mean, we've got to get the tea. <laughs> yeah, you do sometimes hear it in the news. Um, you definitely see lots of love triangles, but that's usually that's always between. Uh, parolees um, rather than with any staff members. Are there any blow-ups in the room? Like, have you had to sort of, you know, call someone in, get security involved? Sometimes in the room, it's not so much that they're blowing up at you. It's just sometimes people will uh, turn up and they're they're clearly under the influence of of drugs. So you do need to um, remove yourself and and have someone. Often we we generally call ambulances more than we tend to have to call police to deal with situations with um, our staff. But we do see a lot of blow-ups in the reception area. So Mm. um, we, we have to sort of very carefully manage reporting days. Um, so we're really aware of, you know, affiliation and, um, you know, motorcycle clubs and that kind of thing and making sure that people don't report on the same day where there may be those sorts of issues. But um, the biggest issue we have for us as far as um, blow-ups in the office is actually usually between family members. So you won't know that people are related and, you know, and 
two cousins or something will bump, bump into each other in the waiting room and the next minute you've got, you know, it's, it's on for everyone. So oh my goodness. <laughs> seeing that a few times. Oh, my gosh. Oh wow. And what about what about you? Because you must make some pretty big decisions in terms of, you know, letting people know that they've, they have broken their curfews or they have broken their their um, restrictions and that they will be having to go back to jail or, or they will be going to jail as a consequence. Um, do you, do, do people ever threaten you? Do you ever fear for your safety? Um, I haven't had anything in a, in a few years. I think, um, yeah, it, it, it can be difficult at times and really it's about just, I think, wherever you can being transparent with people and letting them know why we've made the decision that we have and, and the way that we do that is that the expectations and the conditions of their orders uh, explain to them from the very beginning. So, you know, there's no surprises um, when, you know, then they're pulled up on some of their behaviour. Mm, um, wow. But, yeah, wherever possible, you know, you, you're not on Facebook under your real name. You're not um, making sure that, you know, your, your surname's showing on your ID card or anything like that. You do need to be cautious um, just in case. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like a super challenging job, but extremely rewarding in those instances where you say you can help these people reintegrate. Uh, Anonymous, thank you so much for telling us uh, all about the life of a parole officer. We appreciate it so much and we we wish you all the best. Thanks for listening to All Day Breakfast. Thanks, guys. And if you would like to let us know the inside goss of your own profession, please get in touch at matt.and.alex. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Now, Matt O'Kine, you and I have had a long-standing policy here at All Day Breakfast and, and potentially throughout our lives, you know, both of us, you know, we're, we're renegades, we're rebels. And um, one thing that I think we've, we've both got tattooed on us uh, is F the haters, you know. It's sort of a philosophy of ours for the most part. But I think we've got to no, put I a little... I actually hate ass- tattoos as well, so it's kind of a, <laughs> it was difficult for me to get that, but yeah. yeah. Um, I do think we need to tattoo a little asterisk on the side of this and say F the haters unless they have a very good point. Um, yeah. Which... <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's F the haters, but embrace the positive criticismers. <laughs> exactly. Uh, a robust dialogue uh, is always... <laughs> encouraged here at Matt and Alex. And you can always message us at any time within uh, any qualm, matt.and.alex on Instagram, as Katie has done. Um, Katie says, all right, Matt and Alex, this could even go to Bron. I am done. I have been an avid listener Uh and I have a bone to pick. Uh When you think of the most annoying sounds in the world, what comes to mind? Baby crying? Nails on the corkboard? You could we, you would be wrong. I'm writing to you today to please, please take that effing horrible kettle whistle off the effing podcast. Ouch. <laughs> How has this ever passed? Did someone wake up and decide they wanted to ruin eardrums every day? Oh. Yours sincerely, get effed, Katie. <laughs> wow. And I Katie believe, calling the kettle whack. That that's full on. <laughs> I believe they're referring to this sound. Okay, yeah, yeah, I hear, I hear. Look, it's not, it's not, it's not. You know, the the. It's not the. Not. It's not a. It's not an orchestra, is it? It's not a beautiful sound. 
It's not uh, some, no. you know, it's someone playing the the xylophone softly. I mean, it's 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 something no. to let you know. It's supposed to be an alarm, Alex. And it's also not the first time that people have had issue with this particular sound. So you know, the all day all day breakfast team has have got together, and we've had a bit of a brainwave. Yeah, why don't we put in the middle of the all day breakfast podcast when we're jumping between segments? Why shouldn't we just put the best sounds? in between instead of what we're currently doing the worst so we hit you up on at matt.n.alex uh asking you what, what do you think the best sounds are you know you know for me alex dyson for me one of my favorite mm-hmm. sounds in the whole world okay picture this you're sonic the hedgehog it's level four labyrinth you're underwater you're you're running out of air it's going boom 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 you see a giant air bubble floating up from the ground you jump and eat it and it goes whoop whoop that <laughs> is a good sound that was Matt making that live as well. That sounded like um, someone had pressed the button and put it in. That was good work, though. Well, it um, goes around in my head all the time. Well, we did ask you what the best one is. A few texts coming through. Uh, Jamie and uh, Ben saying, open in a cold tinny after work. Great sound. Oh. <laughs> Hang on. Oh, Hello. Oh, oh, do we need the sip in there as well? The I don't know if we needed the sip. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was the best titty crack of all time either. I, I think we can find a better titty crack <laughs> going for that one. Uh, a bit of rain on roof getting mentioned. MC and Taylor on that. Oh, yeah. Lying in bed, the cover's up to your chin. Oh, well, I don't know who's beeping outside. <laughs> Who the hell was that? The Uber driver coming to pick you up to uh, <laughs> head into the city. That's where that one is. Uh, but we've also got a couple of calls as well. Elise, hello. Hey, guys. How you going? Good. Thank you, Elise. Now, what do you think is one of the best sounds? Um, probably my top fave is um, the classic pool splash. So not like a belly whacker, but just like a, a nice dive-in splash. Okay, here we go. Oh, that sounded like a belly flop, honestly. <laughs> that was... Yeah, but i got to say, whilst the belly whacker isn't the best sound, I think the sound that goes immediately after, which is everyone gathered around the pool going, ooh, ooh. that is one of the best sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, any other sounds, Elise? Yeah, kookaburras. Also oh, okay. really? Yeah. I guess some people might find them annoying, but I, um, I, I really like it, so maybe that's a bit divisive. Oh, the sounds of Australia. <laughs> Maybe not uh, that many kookaburras at once. Maybe <laughs> just like two. Just a solo. Yeah, okay. Just two two mate kookaburras having a laugh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty good. Thank you very much for your suggestion, Elise. Y- yeah, thanks, Elise. No worries. Uh, we've also got Sam joining us. Long-time listener, first-time caller. G'day, Sam. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, good, uh, fan of your podcast, What Shall We Do About... Um, so you listening? If you want to, if you want to head, head to another potty, you can listen to Sam's podcast. What should we do about? It? But what, what's the sound that you like? Mine's a bit strange, uh, but I swear by it. Uh, when you're at the supermarket and you're and you're trying to find a capsicum, if you tap the side of the capsicum, it makes a really amazing sound. Ooh, like a bit of a, like a bit of an a hollow sort of boom, boom. Yeah, exactly, and and you know. Uh, it's like a, it's almost like a drum, really. 
Uh, it's hollow on the inside, really soft on the outside. And I kind of feel like I'm not going to pick a capsicum um, only for the way it looks. I've got to go for what it sounds like too. Wow. So it's wow. what's on the inside as well. Okay. So <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Sorry, Bron. Bron's just given us a little point as in we have this sound available. Is that what we have? Did we get this sound from the internet or did Marshy go down to the shops and get a capsicum? I've got no idea what's happened, but Marshy has somehow got this sound. I don't know what we're about to hear. Okay, here we go. Wow, that's almost using the capsicum as the sound effect on Monty Python, the Holy Grail, to gallop horses with. <laughs> did, that, did that do it for you, Sam? I don't believe it's a capsicum. It's too big. That is, a, that is one big capsicum. <laughs> Oh, what? Are you seriously? Are you calling out our authenticity here on this show? You calling yeah. us liars, Sam? No, 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 no. But that's, I, I know the capsicums. It doesn't sound like one. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we're gonna have to question Marsh. Is Marshy here? Can we get Marshy in? Marshy's just walking into the studio to explain himself. Okay. He's either gonna he's either gonna <laughs> really throw it down to you, Sam, or he's gonna have to apologise to the nation for trying to fool us all. All right. Here we go. <laughs> I feel very attacked by this whole segment. <laughs> Um, in an act of revenge, I might make every interstitial in tonight's episode the kettle. Um, yeah, you are the audio producer. You do an incredible job. You put so many amazing packages together for us. Oh, not uh, that many kookaburras. That doesn't sound like a capsicum. Bugger off. <laughs> Sorry, Marshy. But how did you get a capsicum tapping sound? Have you got already got that in your library? Well, I can only assume it was. It was from YouTube. It was ASMR of some nerd who tapped a capsicum. He said he was, but there wasn't vision. So... Blame him. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is really, I love it. I love it so much. Thank you very much for your hard work, Marshy. Thank you, Sam, for bringing us uh, new sounds that some people might not be familiar with. I know for sure the next time I'm in, you know, the fruit and veg section, I'll be uh, drumming that old red cap like a uh, like a bongo. No, 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 no. Just, just soft taps. Just soft taps. Oh, sorry. Gently. Of course, of course. We can't be doing that because people are already squeezing the avos. They're already sampling the grapes. I can't be going in in this COVID unsafe environment. People tapping caps. We can't like, be like doing the, it. The djembe. A boom, boom. Under the, under the arm. A boom, 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 boom. Hey, Sam, thanks heaps, mate. Congrats on the podcast. What should we do about? Thank you, guys. All right, we'll keep an ear out because the Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast podcast interstitials could be getting a whole lot ASMR. Now, Matt O'Kine, um, most authors these days um, are too scared <laughs> and they hide their acknowledgements at the very end of the book in a paragraph or two of a little bit of soppy stuff just tucked away um, where no one can see it. Only one author, to my knowledge, has been brave enough to make the acknowledgements the entire thing. And that author joins us on the show right now. Comedian, podcaster, Becky Lucas. Hello. Hey, guys. I've never been called a podcaster before. <laughs> <laughs> you do a That's podcast, exciting. don't you? I do, I do do a podcast, but, like, I've never had that label. I've never been um, bestowed that that title. It's kind of exciting. Well, not a problem. What labels have you been given over the years? Um, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. You're so you're 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 quite ratty as well. You know, um, the yeah, Alex I'm a Dyson's. Rat. 
<laughs> like, I was talking about this the other day about how, like, I think so much of your, like, in, in life, your physicality dictates your place in the world. And, like, I think I look quite rat-like and annoying. And so to combat kind of looking like an annoying person, I've had to try and be funny or try and prove that I'm not annoying. <laughs> and I was talking to another friend and she was like, yeah, I think I have that too. And I, I was too quick. I was like, yeah, you do. You look annoying as well. But and she does. But she's not. She's great. She's well, so great. It can really, like, these sort of games can kind of annoy people because I, I remember my um, Belinda, my partner, was like, so we were talking about this at work. What If you were a biscuit, what sort of biscuit would you be? And she mm. says, like, and she was like, what biscuit would I be? And I was like, oh, Ice Vovo. She's like, what? That's literally <laughs> the worst thing you could say. I was like, I don't know. I was just saying a biscuit. You kind of well, seem yeah. Vovo-ish. I, I don't know. I think Ice Vovos are delicious. Well, and yeah, I agree. Nice. I think your partner is like like pretty. It's pretty. It's yummy. There's different textures. Like it's yeah, actually right. really like, flattering. I thought it was a good. I mean, I you know I put my hand up as a Tim Tam straight up, but uh, <laughs> Tim Tam genie. <laughs> <laughs> you're. I reckon you're like a TV snack or something, Becky. That's what you. That's what. Yeah, like there's just all there's a, it's a there's a it just never stops. <laughs> Alex Dyson, I think, is an arrow root, a milk arrow root. That's what I think you are. Come on, mate. Come on, mate. That's mean. That's mean. (laughs) Sue, that's really offensive. What? I think that that's. (laughs) We played a similar game um, the other day when we said, What herb would you be? And I said to my boyfriend, Like, you'd be um, coriander because, like, (laughs) some people love it and it's great, but some people really don't like it. Totally. Totally. Yeah, yeah like coriander's so- a very divisive one. Hey, what, what what herb would you be, Becky? Something like a cumin. Oh, no. no. I was thinking mint. I'd be a mint. Oh, that's nice. Just like a just, peppermint leaf. Yeah, like a common a sort of garden variety. Yeah, just a bit of mint. Someone's, you <laughs> know. Run of the mill. Yeah, in the front yard, people walking past, just grab you, put him in a mojito, you know, that sort of True. thing. And it's classic, you know, it's lamb. You can have it with lamb. It's like... <laughs> Very Perfect. versatile. Now... Seriously versatile. But what, what important but question about is, that. Becky, your, your book Acknowledgements is out. Um, what kind of author are you, I think is the best question. Um, well, did, it, was, did writing come easily after performing stand-up comedy for so long? Yeah, it was so much easier to write because you can... I think with stand-up, and Matt would know this too, like you're always having to cut out so much of the context to get to punchlines or get to the funny bit. But so often like a story becomes funnier the more you can add in, like the more you can flavour the characters or like sort of set things off. And in stand-up you kind of like not when you have silence or whatever, you're just trying to like get to this punchline so you can sort of relax. Whereas when you write a book, you can take your time. You can really make a meal of it yes. <laughs> to get us back to food. <laughs> <laughs> and herbs. So, yeah. so okay, you you get the you get someone approach you to say, "Hey, we're going to write a book." You're like, yeah. "All right, I'm going to write somewhat of a memoir." You know, um, yeah. my thoughts. You know, essays from my experiences of life so far. What is mm-hmm. the very first story that you knew you were going to tell? Uh, do you know what? It was this story about this woman I used to nanny for and she was kind of like, she had this awful husband 
Anyway, I didn't think too much about her. Like 10 years went past and she lived really close to my, my family and my family's really accident prone. Like in one year, my stepmom fell off a scooter and vaginally impaled herself. What? And yeah, and then like six months later, a bat attacked her in broad daylight. <laughs> what? Yeah, and then oh. that the same year, my dad split his nutsack open. What? Yeah, like they're really accident prone. And anyway, so episode of Benny Hill, like that doesn't happen to all the people, the same people. I know, but like they (laughs) anyway. So like she lives close to my parents, and she was often a bit of a like emergency contact, maybe. And so one day I was at home in Sydney, and I'd been given a a weed edible by this comic, and he was like, "Just take half; they're so strong." And I was like, "I'll take the whole thing." Because what if it doesn't work on me? Because <laughs> so, I'm yeah. different. That's what that's yeah. what you're thinking. Because I'm I'm seasoned. Cool. I'm a tank. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So I took it and like immediately crumbled. Like <laughs> couldn't live, and passed out at 4 p.m. And I woke up, and my 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 family was also on holidays. That's an important part of the story. And so I woke up really confused, still stoned, and I had, like, 10 missed calls from this woman I used to nanny for. And I was like, oh, f- like, this is awful. My God, my fam- like, this must be about my family. You know, like, she's she's got to break the news to me or something. Something's happened. I'm, so, I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to find out that, like, my family's died in some horrific, like, tragedy and I'm stoned. And I call her and I say, like, hey, hello. And she goes, darling, something's happened. And I'm like oh, my God, like I start crying. I'm like, and she goes, darling, I finally left him. I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> and I just went, oh, f- and like hung up with her. Well, so, well yeah, it's really that sweet like, that she like, gave you that news, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, I mean, so the whole book is all about just people who have, I guess, it's like thank you because it's in some way taught me something or whatever. So that that really taught me that I, if someone t- tells you to take half or something, just take half. <laughs> mm, for sure, dosage we is important. We we went to the same <laughs> school, Becky. So um, yeah. uh, you know, is there were there people at that said school that have influenced you in certain ways as well? There are. I don't know if I. I think I did write about State High in one section about I I, I loved like where we went to school. We had we had like the best football players because it was all the like boys from Logan and stuff and like all the private school boys used to taunt us like they. Did you ever go to any of the rugby games and all the private school boys like with no chin used to be like your dad works for my dad. Oh yeah, yeah, your dad. Yeah, my dad pays for your schooling, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah like they used stuff. to taunt us, and then it was so awesome. Like they would just get demolished by some Samoan dude. <laughs> 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 and it's like such. <laughs> so that was I think that that's there's stuff about that like that kind of but there was a story about a girl I went to school the school I went to before I went to your school Matt mm. who she faked her own death like she Whoa. Her, like yeah, properly she properly faked her own death and then she was caught like six months later ordering a seafood sensation subway sandwich <laughs> <laughs> That is oh, the like, that's the worst way to be found out. Hey, I know. just yeah. red and white in between two loaves. <laughs> yeah. Well, Becky Lucas, we're so stoked about uh, your brand new book. It's called Acknowledgements, uh, a memoir so far. It is available now wherever you get your books. Is it is it going to be an audio an audio book version? 
Yeah, it is. Except when I recorded it, I, I'd had a big weekend. Oh, I feel so like I'm a bit flat. A bit croaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, give it a listen if you want, but I wouldn't. <laughs> well, keep an eye out for it. Uh, you can also keep an eye out for Becky on our, at, at Becky Lucas on Instagram or at Becky Lucas underscore on Instagram or go to beckylucas.com.au. Uh, Acknowledgements is out now. Hey, Becky, you're an absolute legend. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast and congrats on finishing your book. It's, it's an incredible feat. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, Matt O'Kine, that brings us to an end of another exciting episode of All Day Breakfast. Thanks to Becky Lucas for hanging out with us. Thanks for suggesting some great sounds that we'll be able to slip in to future podcasts. It's going to be the most pleasing oral experience every single episode from now on, so I appreciate it. And uh, other than that, have a very good day. I'm going to ban myself from watching press conferences. You'll be happy to know, so hopefully I'll oh, be... Okay. Gonna... I thought you were going to say from using a, fe- a fake penis <laughs> next time you have to do a drug test. But, uh, you know, you do you. Um, thank you to our insider uh, for getting in touch with us at matt.n.alex. We really love hearing your suggestions as to, you know, what you'd like to talk about in Insiders. If you've got any experience in any any job, let us know. Uh, and thank you to Marshy for pulling in an, an excellent effort day in, day out. He's, he's even off, off air telling us, I bloody got a, a VW rain on a VW roof. That's what the car horn was. And you give us crap for it. So sorry. Marshy. Yeah, but he does an incredible job. Best. And uh, we look forward to future podcasts of us sounding really good and all our, our fumbles and defamatory things being cut out. <laughs> I might turn that testimonial into an institutional. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks, Marshy, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. Listener.